Okay, we are on. And this is Jamie Rapavi. I am the owner and CEO of Devoted Columbus, and we are here today recording another episode of Devoted to the Dirty Details. And I'm here today with Tammy, who runs Engaged Columbus, and Michelle, who runs our wedding planning department and our wedding day assistants. So welcome. And today we're going to go into um, the elements that you need to know to um, create your own ceremony timeline. So we're going to start pretty much at the beginning as far as when you wake up and where that will be. So we need to decide where are you sleeping that night? And there's many places they could be sleeping, right? We'll start well, with Michelle. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So hotel, you can sleep at a hotel. You can sleep at your parents' house. That's very common. Mm -hmm. When you first said that, it almost made you sound like it depends on how big of a party you had the night before. You might <laughs> wake up in an alley somewhere um, behind the bushes of your you know, neighbor's house. <laughs> Don't drink the night before your wedding. Yes. Yeah. We, okay. or if you do, do so conservatively because this is the day that you've spent tons and thousands and thousands of dollars on. So don't ruin it by being hungover. And we have seen that. We have oh, yeah. seen that quite a bit. That's yeah. why we carry lots of medicine in our 911 kit. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So hotels, at home, Airbnb, yep. Yep. Um, mother in law's homes girlfriends' homes. I mean, it can pretty much be anywhere, but um, decide where you're going to sleep that night and who you're going to sleep with. And that's not in your same bed. That's at the same place. Because so, your, your fiance better not be in your bed. <laughs> traditionally now, traditionally. You're not supposed to see your fiance the night before um, or wake up with them, but you know, it depends different times, but mm -hmm. traditionally. Yeah. Yep. So once you, um, you wake up, basically you're going to have some kind of breakfast, right? So you'll have some food and I'm going to, we're going to talk kind of on the girl's side because uh, yeah, the guys are going to have to know where to sleep and what they're going to eat for breakfast as well. But usually the guy is usually at home and alone with his family, but he doesn't have a bunch of his guys sleep over like the girls do. <laughs> um, and then um, after breakfast, usually it's for the girls, the lovely ladies, hair and makeup. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, and hair and makeup, I mean, we, we see it done, done differently depending on, on the bride. So you can do hair and makeup at home. You can do hair and makeup at your hotel. So that's where we have, you have your traveling hair and makeup artists. They'll travel to you. And then the other option is to go to a salon, go take your girls to a salon, or maybe it's just you as the bride or you and your mother-in-law or you and your maid of honor. Maybe you two want to go to the salon and get your hair done. That's also an option. A lot of different options for that, that have their own pros and cons for sure. Yeah, definitely make sure you ask your professional stylist and makeup artist, how long will it take to do X number of people and build that into your timeline, whatever that is. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. then if you're going off, make sure you build in that transportation time. 
and how they're getting there. A lot of people, are, they've set up all the appointments, but they're like, oh my gosh, how am I getting there? Or are we all driving together? Are we meeting there? And then how are we going back and where will the cars be? So just some- And something a lot of our, our brides don't take into consideration is, okay, they go off, they get their hair done at a salon, um, but they don't know where they're gonna put on their dress. So mm -hmm. you, you have to have this in mind if you decide to go somewhere to get hair and makeup done, as opposed to getting ready at home or getting ready at your, at your hotel room. You can have your dress there, get hair and makeup, relax, and then put your dress on all at the same place. So something to consider. Mm -hmm. yep. And sometimes um, wherever that location may be, you can ask that location if you can leave your, bring your dress at the rehearsal and leave it there. It's just one less thing you have to worry about on the wedding day. So if the church lets you, you know, leave the dress there or your venue, if that's where your ceremony is going to be, um, it's just nice to have it hanging up and it's there and you don't have to transport it while you have your lovely hair and makeup all done. And, um, and then, yes, it's getting from that location if it's different to where you're putting your dress on. And then at that point, once you're dressed, we get into well, either either going from that location to the church or you're already at that location and you might be starting pictures. Yep. So you start your pictures, you're, you're getting ready or the end, the tail end of your getting ready pictures, your photographers will arrive to take those, the finishing touches, if you will, mm -hmm. um, along with some of those little details that you don't think about, you know, you get your pictures back and you notice, oh my gosh, I didn't realize they took my veil and my shoes and, and my perfume and my invite to take pictures. It's just, it's, so they do that once they arrive. And after they've gotten some of your key getting ready pictures, and those are always special, by the way, if you're thinking about skipping those, I would highly suggest not skipping those. Yeah. Great what to it, have. How about, what do you guys think of the first look with the bridesmaids when they first see her in the dress and all did up? That's nice. super cute. Factor in yeah. time for that. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Even, um, I mean, that's before the, the groom but even the I love when they do a first look with dad mm -hmm. which is very special as well because usually towards the end of um getting ready maybe the bride's parents will then arrive mom will help with the last minute touches of her getting ready and dad arrives to see the finished the finished product right mm -hmm. um and then going back to the guys um you know, they're, they, maybe there's a barber involved, you know, they go get a shave or a cut or spruce it up a little bit. Um, but typically they'll meet maybe somewhere for lunch. Um, the guys will meet or they'll maybe go golfing. So they might meet at a country club for lunch and golfing or golfing and then lunch, something like that. And then typically they need to be at that ceremony location we want to say, like, how, how much before would you say to be at that ceremony location for pictures? Uh, for, oh, if you do, if you just do, like, um, like, uh, groomsmen getting ready, like, mock getting ready pictures. Yeah, if you don't have a first look, I probably would say, uh, like, an hour or two, depending on how dressed they intend to get before. I mean, there's a lot of factors that that go into that, where they're getting ready. If they're going golfing, I probably would be like, you guys need to be there two hours before and 
cross your fingers for an hour and a half, but you know, their pictures are very simple. It's very mock getting ready, meaning it's yeah. just the finishing bow tie and the, or putting on the vest or the jacket. And it's, it's not all, it's not as um, involved. Mm -hmm. as I would say, but it really just depends on what pictures you're trying to get before then. So, yeah. and usually the guys arrive, whether it's a church or, or even the venue they they arrive dressed and ready to go. Basically we're putting like some boutonnieres on the guys and maybe fixing those, uh, pocket squares. Always. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no Someone's always missing a pocket square guys always. <laughs> and you always have to make one just to make it all match. <laughs> and they don't ever know if they want it triangles, it's supposed to be squares, it's supposed to stick out. What are supposed I know, to do? So I know. Most of them don't know how to do a bow tie too, so factor in time to get that done. <laughs> yeah, if you have a real bow tie, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's about all for getting ready for the guys, but yeah, you'll have your pictures taken, you'll decide who's going to be in those, usually the girls um, have about a half an hour of pictures and then the guys have about half an hour that's when their families are together and this is if they were going to do pictures separately and not see each other and then of course if they were going to see each other um then they can do maybe they're going to do maybe an hour and a half an hour to an hour and a half of pictures prior to get all those pictures out of the way um there's so many pictures though after the ceremony so there'll be um you know, aunts and uncles might come in, maybe some cousins and stuff, and then the the whole ceremony, the whole group um, after, but a lot more, uh, a lot quicker, more, you know, you're, you can move on and get to your party if you want, so. Yeah, so one of the, and just like you said, the, one of the things that really plays into this timeline, I mean, they all play into this timeline, but it's this picture timeline that goes hand in hand, you know, are you doing first look? Are you doing first look to get all of your pictures out of the way so that you can join cocktail hour or take very little during cocktail hour? Or are you going to do what, I guess I would call it more traditional where you do the guys' pictures, the girls' pictures, maybe a couple family photos um, and portraits of bride or, and of groom, but not together. Mm -hmm. And then you do the bulk of the pictures during cocktail hour. That's more of like I hate traditional, but the norm, I think, um, if you don't do a, a first look, that's going to drastically kind of shift your timeline. Um, your day may have to start earlier or your ceremony may, may, is starting, may be starting later. Um, your day is going to be longer a little bit on one side. So, And when is it really long? When you have, so Catholic weddings are really long. They're really long. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say church weddings. <laughs> Specifically Catholic. I mean, there's probably other, other ones that I'm just not thinking of right now. But when you have, when you have the large families, that's a long day. Mm -hmm. um, long ceremonies or with, with Catholic weddings specifically, we know that they most if I don't think any of the ones that I've done do first looks. So most of the pictures are during cocktail hour and, and it takes about two hours. So you have to have that plus your ceremonies an hour, hour and a half, depending on what elements you add to your ceremony. Um, so yeah, those are long days. Um, also Indian weddings are very long. You've, there's a lot of, a lot of events and costume changes, which 
beautiful, by the way, if you ever get a chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say definitely ask your officiant how long they think the ceremony is going to last. I can't tell you how many weddings I've done where the ceremony starts, I go to check on cocktail hour, I come back and the ceremony's already done. And we're like, oh my gosh, that was so fast. <laughs> Holy moly. So I, I find that if it's not in a church, it goes so, so fast. Yeah. Mostly they, I think um, either non-denominational weddings or, you know, short Christian ceremonies are usually like 15 minutes. They, I don't remember the last time a ceremony went the whole half hour, certainly right. not an hour. I think a lot of our couples out there are saying, well, it should be 30 minutes to an hour. And it's not realistic. You're, you're not, you don't have all of those prayers and songs and a ceremony. You could do a ceremony in five minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. can. So, so we'll, we'll definitely talk about the elements of a ceremony. Um, it, we'll, we'll actually start it from the time that guests arrive at the church, but to back up a little bit, one other thing that will make that, that day long is the amount of people you have in your bridal party. So if you have two girls that need hair and makeup and moms, you're going to be quick. If you have 14 girls that need hair and makeup, you kind of block a half an hour for every single one for hair, and then another half an hour for makeup, and then the hour for the bride, and the hour for the, you know, for hair and makeup, so that's two hours for the bride. So it, you just have to back up all that time. So you're either waking up at 5 a.m. or you might be able to sleep in until 11, but it's all gonna depend on when that ceremony time is. Mm -hmm. So that ceremony time, um, is typically a time that you're going to um, walk down the aisle. So let's talk a little bit about guests' arrival and what you put on your, your invites. You so, ahead? Jamie, this is a good question for you because I never really knew it, but I've had so many brides say, it's bad luck to get married when the clock is here, and I never remember what it is. What is that? And let's, let's set the record straight. Is it bad luck? At the luck? top of the hour? Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Set the record straight. What's the deal? Okay, that, I guess, it, it's also custom. And it's if you're, you know, I guess if you're traditional or if you really have a super, if you're superstitious, right? Mm -hmm. So many, that it just doesn't fit and they try to make that fit. work in. Yeah, uh, you're I don't like that. You're, it's positive when the clock is swinging up. So that's why your ceremony is usually 4.30. 431, 432, anytime where it's going up. Where many weddings, I mean, work best, I think so. it's like, okay, I have a five o'clock ceremony, mm -hmm. but if it's between five and 530 and your clock's going, the, the arm's like going down, it's bad luck. That's what it is. <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah, it is silly. But that's tradition. So that's why typically um, on your invite, if you're going to be walking down the aisle at 430, um, you do put that time on your invitation. So it's 4 or you're half past four in the afternoon, that would be. Mm -hmm. um, so if, um, if your guests get that invite, then what time do your guests arrive? If the bride's supposed to be down the aisle at 4.30, I wonder if the millennials, <laughs> what time should I arrive for that? It's to the church. Let's so say. when you think about the time you should have, should or guests are going to arrive, think about going to school. Your class starts at 8 a.m. So if you arrive at 8:05, class 
class has already started. The teacher's at the front of the, the room and you've missed five minutes of whatever's going on and you're considered tardy. So if you think of it that way, then you want, guests are going to start to arrive 30 minutes prior to that, like really starting to arrive 30 minutes prior mm -hmm. to that, yeah. um, so that they don't miss that opening bell. Put it that way. Yeah. Good analogy. I like it. That was a good one. Yes. So here's another question. If wedding starts promptly at 430, what time should your string quartet and your background music be playing? I say four. Four o'clock. Yes, I do too, because chances are Aunt Martha from two towns over got there early and she's gonna, she's gonna be there early. So. And that's okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So you're, so we know what time now your guests are going to arrive to the ceremony location, hopefully that 30 minutes prior and not right at 430 when the, we're sending the bride down the aisle, because mm -hmm. we will be holding these guests or somebody, yeah. well, yes. something like maybe the bride should have somebody, if she doesn't have a wedding day assistant or planner, somebody assigned to hold the guests. So, you know, they're held in an area until the bride gets down the aisle and then they can shuttle in on the side, you know? Um, but yeah, so then what happens? So you have to remember, so let's talk about ushers and yeah. seating yeah. guests and um, programs, just distributed programs. I would consider them to, they have to be there at the same time as guests are being A little seated. before even. A little bit before to go, to make sure they know what they're doing mm -hmm. and be there once the first guest arrives. But yeah. yeah. So what are ushers? So ushers can either be um, your groomsmen, but not your best man. We definitely want to keep your best man with the groom, you know, um, and I guess we're going to talk traditional sense because your, your best man could be a best woman as well, but whoever that's going to be, you want that person not alone okay mm -hmm. and then the rest of the um the groom the groomsmen can be seating guests if you didn't want your groomsmen to do that you could have ushers and these are just people that you assign your ushers don't have to wear the same things as the groomsmen they can wear suits instead of tuxedos or if there's already suits they can you know just wear a tie or something um and then if you have a lot of people, like if you have 300 plus people, you might need your groomsmen and ushers. Mm -hmm. So, so you're going to have those seating guests. And typically this is what everybody needs to decide in your timeline. Do you want your guests, um, you know, to be seated bride side, groom side, like traditionally, or do you want them just evened out? You just mix them all up and put them wherever you want. Just make sure each side is even and then do you want reserved rows you know how many rows are you gonna have reserved for those special people and do the ushers know who those people are or have those people been told that they get VIP seating um, ahead of time so they know where to go just some things to think about for seating yeah yeah and so your ushers you know, the importance of this. So let's talk about the importance of this is you, this makes sure that family is seated either on the right side and guests know where to go and what side. Remember as, 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 um, as guests at a wedding, you don't always remember what side is the bride, what side is the grooms. Mm -hmm. You don't know if it's open seating. You don't know what rows are reserved. So the, the ushers or 
kind of act like a host. They, they know this information and can tell you where to go and they'll actually take you to your seats. Um, it's also re a really nice class. It's classy. It really is. It adds a classy element to that. Um, and then you have your, you have your program. So if you choose to do programs, it, either the ushers or someone else that you assign um, can pass these programs out, making sure that guests get a copy of those um, maybe possibly expensive pieces of paper that you work so hard on. So they make sure they get those as well. Um, and with COVID, we have masks and sanitizer. So some of our ushers are, are making sure guests have those and are equipped mm -hmm. with PPE. So that's not another element to that as yep. well. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Do you need ushers? Like realistically, farm, backyard, wedding, do you really have to do it? No. No. No, you don't. It's just, it's a, it's traditional. It's very traditional. And again, it's a classy element that makes your guests feel like they know what's going on and where they need to go. Yeah. I mean, we've all been to places where you arrive and you really don't know what to do and nobody's there to direct you and you kind of feel mm -hmm. stupid. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really nice to have some kind of guidance. So if you did that, maybe you'd have a greeter to greet guests and say, welcome, you know, please take your seat anywhere you'd like. It just be one bubbly person. And you put, you know, a reserved sign on each of those rows that you pre-told people those are reserved and it's as easy as something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, now we get into the the music's playing and the um, bridal party is hidden. The guys have um, seated all of the guests. Now what happens? <laughs> so now it's uh, now it's time for the processional. Really, yep. I mean, we start with we usually start with um, mothers. Or grandma, sorry, grandmothers. Mm -hmm. If you are incorporating grandmothers in, um, then you can go to mothers, and then the officiant, the groom, uh, best man, and then um, oh, we can't forget about the ushers to take their their seats. Yeah, and yes. then we go into the bridesmaids, and of course the bride and her father. So that's kind of a typical mm -hmm. processional, I would say, and. Basically, you guys, you, you want to decide how they're going to get to where they're going. So um, are the guys walking in like on the side and then the girls are going to go down the aisle? Or are the guys walking in and they're going to meet the girls halfway and take them up to the front? Um, or are they walking in together as a couple? and then dividing. And you can just divide or the guys can go in together and actually put the ladies in place and then walk over. So there's so many options that you need to decide, how does this look? Where do you want them coming in from? And how do you want them getting there? So, so we get a lot of questions about mothers and grandmothers and um, fathers and whatnot, that whole, you know, the, the family processional before mm -hmm. the wedding party. It's, we can tell you what's traditional all day long, but every family is different. Mm -hmm. You're going to have families that have been remarried, um, circumstances that you have to, you have to be aware of. You can choose not to have family walk down during the processional 
if if that if if it's just too much or maybe you don't have your family there or 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 whatever the situation is so you don't have to feel obligated to do that we will say that mothers typically really do want to be a part of the ceremony somehow mm -hmm. yeah and if you have mothers and you're very you're very close with them i would strongly suggest trying to incorporate them in that way you know what i like a lot sorry to interrupt you michelle i really dig this at ceremonies when the bride gives his mom a rose or just a token during the ceremony and then vice versa the groom gives her mom a little something i've seen that before and it's, that's always just been really touching to me it's so sweet yeah i've seen that too yeah i think the other thing too is that you don't i think a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on oh my gosh who's gonna walk down my mom like it can't be my dad it can't be my dad um, it can, it can certainly be your dad. He'll just have to walk twice. Mm -hmm. If you don't want it to be your dad, it can be a groomsman. It mm -hmm. can certainly be a brother. It can be someone from the other side. I mean, it just depends on the dynamics of your family and what your mom feels comfortable with. Yeah. I get that a lot though. They're very, yeah. people are very concerned. Like, well, my dad doesn't want to walk down twice. He wants to stay with me. That's perfectly fine. Um, what about moms walking together? Seen oh, yeah. that? I have seen that. So when they've, the families have known each other for a while mm -hmm. and the moms are friends, it's, that's so sweet. It really it is. is but it, again, it depends on that family dynamic, how close people are, what the general feeling of that, of that ceremony that you want. If you want that, you know, we want to mesh everything together, mix it up. Yeah. Mix it up. Do you know the cutest thing I've ever seen? Sorry, Jamie. Oh, you're fine. What about, remember we saw this maybe a couple years ago. It was all over the internet and it was the grandmas were the flower girls. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I saw okay, that. Okay, I'll do you one better. There was a, um, a flower boy um, and it was a grown, he looked like he had like a college frat boy, <laughs> wore like a flower crown and I can't remember if he had like a tutu, but I know he had a flower basket and he was just like, oh, oh fabulous. Make it fun. That is just, it was amazing. Well, yeah. you can get fun with, with the kid, with, with that portion of the processional. I mean, very cute. So I love kids, you know, kids, then they, you know, once you decide who's in your bridal party, um, you get the grandparents down, you get the parents down if you do it this way. And then the, you know, right at the, like the bridal party down, but right before the bride typically comes whatever fabulous kids or adults or whoever's, whoever's throwing flowers or carrying a ring. Um, but we, we can talk about the purpose of a ring bearer and a flower girl and a train bearer. Do we know these answers? Yeah, you don't see train bearers um, really at all. That is, that is. Maybe like the Duchess. Yeah. It, so if you guys all remember the the royal wedding, right? You see her long, huge. I think you would call that still a cathedral. I mean, it's a huge cathedral. But train, like train, um, or dress. I don't even. I don't even know. But she had those little girls, if you remember holding that train so it was the end you know, of the long and flowy and it fit it felt so you don't see that a lot no. 
but it can be a thing. Could be. We can bring it back. <laughs> yeah, we can. yeah. Great for the teachers, you know, the teachers that are getting married. <laughs> they yeah. love their kids. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got um the ring, the ring bearers, which don't have to be boys either. Seen mm -hmm. some fun things with that too, not typical ways to get rings down, but we have talked about rings before. You know how we feel about rings. Don't put the real thing in a tiny two-year-old's box of, you know, to hold the rings. Or it's, pillow. Or, or tie it, don't tie the real rings on a pillow. Can you, I'm sure you've seen some horror, horrific moments where the ring almost goes down. The, you know, in the churches, they have those, the old churches, they have the big floor grates. Can mm -hmm. you imagine a ring falling off that pillow because the kid's flinging it and it goes in this grate? Bye. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to see it. <laughs> no. Gone. It's gone. Yeah. Yes. And then um, the the flower girl, can she, she can throw flowers or she can carry the little signs that, you know, here comes the bride or the boys can, or it can be, you know, you can kind of mix that whole situation up. But, you know, we do kind of say that maybe you want to keep that to kids that are maybe three and over, four and over is even better. Yeah um the older the better the older the better if they're much younger it's we'll you know we'll hope that they get down the aisle some way I mean we've had little ones brought in by by um um wagons and then of course we've had our animal ring bearers yeah. <laughs> our, our lovely pets no I've we could have a, a cat, whole segment on kids yeah and, and animals yeah and dogs and yeah, it's fun. So, um, so we've got them down the aisle and then you're going to need to decide, you know, of course, once you've got the bridal party down the aisle, who are they paired up with and how are they standing and in which order. So make sure you have that, you've thought about the order. It doesn't have to be by height. Um, you know, pictures nowadays, it just doesn't matter if they go up or down or you're, they're going to combine you all together for pictures afterwards anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, typically it is the best man and maitre of or closest, but other than that, whomever you would want to put where, yeah. right? Yep. Um, so once that ceremony starts, well, let's, let's talk about who walks the bride down. Traditionally, father of the bride, mm -hmm. but doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. And especially if you don't have your father. <laughs> yep. I love the mom. And if you have both your mom and dad, or maybe it's a stepmom and dad or vice versa, mm -hmm. I love it when they both walk the bride, regardless of religion, background. I just love that. Yeah. I love, love it. it. Yeah. I'm sad I didn't do that. I wish I would have done my mom and dad because I, you know, they're, it's more equal. I don't know why. I, if I were to do it again, it would have definitely been both my parents. Yeah, if I would have done it again, it would have been my mom rather than I went down solo. So yeah, I think here's, the, here's a good two pieces of advice. Pick the person or people you're not going to regret later of not choosing. And number two, if it's more than two people, make sure your aisle is wide enough for extra bodies. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. We've had um, uncles and brothers and um, moms and dads and stepmoms and stepdads and it can really be anyone 
who the bride feels comfortable with. I do say I, I would prefer the bride not be alone. Um, even though, even, you know, it, she's a strong-willed person, Tammy's a very strong-willed person, I could see her being alone, but you do have those emotions on the wedding day that you don't know and you don't expect and you do think you're not going to get nervous and I've seen those get nervous and then I kind of like, oh, I'll walk you down. But, you know, I just think it's, it's nice to have support. Not that you didn't have support or anything like that, but I just, I, I want to see them with someone. Yeah. Um, so we've got them down the aisle and then um, elements of the ceremony starting would be maybe um, a handoff. How is the handoff going to work? Um, do, is it the father and mother? Do they give, you know, the bride a kiss and, and put her hand into his, if this is the way it's supposed to go? Like, how is this handoff? And then stepping over the gown into their seats in the first row. Um, and then it's usually he'll, you know, the groom will take her up to the altar or if it's a guy and a guy or girl and girl, whatever, they're going to connect there. Um, the bride typically hands her bouquet off to the matron of honor and then the ceremony um, pretty much begins. So mm -hmm. then we can kind of talk about the elements in a ceremony, the different elements that we see in a ceremony. Okay. Um, well, I've seen people come up and um, give, like, um, say prayers or maybe, um, what do they, why can't I think of what I'm trying Blessings. to say? Blessings. Um, poems, blessing poems. Blessing or a poem or a psalm or something. Psalm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep, I've seen that. Of course, we've seen the um, sand ceremony or candle ceremony. Yep. Um, I like it when they do a blessing for the people who can't be with them, like people maybe who have passed away or. Yep, a memorial, like a little memorial to them, absolutely, where they can, I mean, I know you guys have probably seen where they've left a chair empty mm -hmm. and they've put, you know, if, if it was a father, the father's chair is empty or a mother and then they put the flowers at their seat, which is very touching. Mm -hmm. A lot of times any memorial will be um, in a program as well and announced. So if they're wondering what you're doing up there, or going to do in a different direction or lighting a candle, they'll, it will hopefully be in the program explaining that. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've hit on this before, but it's your ceremony is just that. It's, it's, it's a it's a ceremony. Um, it, it is the act of, you know, going through these little, these, these little, um, what's the word? Little things to traditions. make. Up. Yeah. Traditions and just, um, things that signify your union. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people want short, short ceremonies, say your, say your vows and you're done. And, and that's absolutely fine. I would say just from my experience, it made me personally feel like I was more in the moment but when I had, when I added some of these elements, like we did a wine ceremony, just, just he and I, that was our moment to connect mm -hmm. and to realize that what we were bringing each other together, we were coming together. And it was, it sounds kind of weird to people who aren't, aren't used to, you know, to, to doing things like this, but it really did help 
connect us in that moment. So I would suggest doing something, something even small. It's important to you and you can bring yeah. in the element of just uniting the two of you and your love. I mean, there's certain things like I love the wine ceremony. There's the, there's, there's the tying of the knot. There's, mm -hmm. you know, where they go around and I don't remember all of the things, but there's so many different elements or you can make up your own. I mean, yeah. you, you yeah. really can, whatever is important to you. And Tammy mentioned this, the sand ceremony, which is kind of um, replacing the unity candle, which not, I don't see much, much involved anymore, but every once in a while there's a unity candle again, bringing the, the family together and the couple together. So there can be a lot of these elements um, that unite. So, so in, in your ceremony, you know, whether you have um, singers or readers or poems or whatever you have involved there, just consider all of that and the amount of time that that will take. Mm -hmm. And then um, anything else for the ceremony portion? Nope. And then, um, and then it's just the kiss. <laughs> and, and then it's walking down the aisle. Now at this point, sometimes this is where if it was outdoors, this is where I had, we had everybody release butterflies or um, they, they can throw stuff as you're walking down the aisle. Again, if it's outdoors, so they can throw the echo fetti or not many mm -hmm. do rice anymore, um, leaves or lavender or whatever, you know, as you go down the aisle or with ringing of the bells. Um, waving of the wands or something like that. And then if it's not outside and it's in a church, this is going to be kind of your exit out of the church. You'll need to decide if you're going to do that exit or not. And if you are, what's your exit vehicle and who's going to announce you? Yeah. Can I make a suggestion? Mm -hmm. This is one of the best pieces of advice I had ever heard at any wedding ever. Years ago, the photographer said, after you kiss, they say I do, walk down the aisle slowly because this is when everybody's taking pictures. So take your time coming back, halfway down, stop, face each other, kiss again, because that's like the money shot, you know? The <laughs> photographers loved them and then your guests are going crazy, but again, halfway down the aisle, stop, look, kiss, and then go. I yeah. love that too, because it's kind of unexpected. I think it is. And it makes for great, great photos. Good photo op. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything about the exit, Michelle? Hi, there's lots to do with exits. I mean, we can talk, we can talk about that all day, but you have to decide if you want a formal exit. If you want to have this big like church exit where people are throwing things at you, um, or if you simply just want to um, you know, go off get away from everybody, let guests go to cocktail hour if you're in the same location, especially, and mm -hmm. then come back for a couple family photos. Or one of my favorite things is for the bride and groom to come back in and dismiss Rose. And I love that because that's their moment to give everybody a hug and a kiss and mm -hmm. tell them thank you for coming. And then the guests go on their merry way. So that doesn't take, take much away from the the reception, which will, I think we're talking about next time, where they don't have to take as much time to individually say hi to every single guest at the reception. Yeah. Um, they can do that at the ceremony. So I love that too. Again, a million different ways to exit yeah. your wedding. 
And that's kind of taking the place of the receiving line. Yes, I'm kind you. of the dreaded receiving line. <laughs> a lot of people aren't doing them. I don't see them anymore. It, they can be people who have opted not to do them find that they're awkward. But people who have opted to do them, that it's a very traditional approach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. So with that, um, with that exit, you're going to leave and we're going to leave. No. Yeah. So this... <laughs> This concludes this episode of Devoted to the Dirty Details for your ceremony portion. And our next portion will be um, talking about the different elements of the reception. So um, tune in then. But thanks for being with us here at Devoted Columbus. Remember that we're here for you. Whatever you guys need as far as um, help along the way, we're, we're your local resource. So connect with us. Email us. Whatever you need to do. Thanks so much. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>